Welcome to Notes from the North with Kyle and Sam. Well, welcome back to Notes from the North. Kyle and Sam here Monday morning. Uh, and Kyle, I guess as we're talking here, it feels a little bit, uh, I don't know if calm before the storm is maybe the right phrasing, but there's definitely a sense of, we know that within the next 24, 28 hours that uh, yeah. we're going to get some uh, significant news in the sense that a lot of cuts are coming. Uh, Absolutely. There, there probably will be a couple of noteworthy news within that. Um, but yeah, we're kind of sitting here a little bit after the preseason game on Saturday before these cuts. And so maybe let's start with the game against Arizona. Uh, and again, know that from the past week, they uh, did some more joint practices, saw lots of highlights coming from that. Uh, and then we've got the game. Again, the Vikings lose, keep that losing streak alive in the preseason. <laughs> exactly. Uh, exactly. Anything for you, maybe whether it is joint practices or that game that, you know, it's like, hey, you know, we're it does feel a little bit not like there's fatigue, but it is a little bit of. You know, we're ready just to start the season and start things happening. You, you want, like, I think the appetite has been wet now and you're ready for, for some substance. But anything from, I guess, just really the past week that has been noteworthy for you, whether it is from the joint practices or from uh, the game on Saturday? Well, I, I will say that I think that fatigue is real. I think people feel that. I feel it. You feel it. Probably others as well. And I remember or like when I was watching the game, one of the thoughts I had in the second half of the third preseason game was, man, we used to do four of these. We used to have four preseason games, which was really a lot, you know, a lot, a lot, a lot. And so it kind of does seem like a matter of time before the NFL goes to 18 games. 17 feels kind of odd. I would guess that at some point here in the not too distant future, it's an 18 game 20-week schedule where you have a pair of bye weeks and 18 games, and then maybe then you trim it down to even two. Um, and then you just do one in the way, one away, one at home. But regardless of my speculation about what the NFL is going to do, is a bit of fatigue. We're definitely kind of looking forward to the roster. Uh, the only real note I'll add as it relates to uh, that game is that I thought Jaron Hall played pretty well. Like, he had some really nice moments. Really nice moments where um, you know, basically high level quarterback play where you're you're shifting around in the pocket, you're moving through your reads, you know, you're you're putting nice touch on the ball. Uh, I think he's more comfortable playing with pace, more comfortable playing in a bit of hurry up, more comfortable where he's kind of moving. And obviously things are pretty vanilla in the preseason for good reason. You're not really looking to uh, you know, kind of reveal any state secrets or anything like that. But I am encouraged. He's obviously a rookie. You know, I think he took six sacks that game. You know, maybe one or two of them were on him and just that he didn't process it fast enough, should have gotten rid of the ball. Um, you know, there's there's a ways to go yet. But I, I think he's 99-plus percent locked to make this roster, especially with what Kevin O'Connell has been saying about him. Um, and overall, I think people should be really encouraged with what they see. Like, he just he seems really mature and poised. The game doesn't seem too large for him even as he makes mistakes uh to me he's a perfect qb3 in that he's young he'll develop he's got some good traits i i like him a lot yeah no i think i do too and i think 
uh, it feels like we got to see him in the first week and it felt like he was scrambling by necessity. Uh, yeah. Second week, it felt like they really, at least from the play calling, seemed like they really had him in the pocket uh, and mm-hmm. he was making some good throws there. But I think this week, it really felt like they had him out and uh, rolling out intentionally. And mm-hmm. like, as you said, does feel like that's a area of comfort for him. Uh, made some really nice throws on yeah. the run. Two or three of them were just beautiful. Uh, yeah. So you you mentioned perfect QB3. And again, I think this is where maybe the fatigue of preseason kicks in and we want to have some discussions. I, I've seen the 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 idea thrown out about should Jaron Hall be QB2? Uh, is, oh, that even a, is that even no. a conversation? <laughs> no, it's not even a conversation. No, they just I, signed Nick. Mull- no, it's not. A, that's no, that's stupid. Yeah. Nick Mullins is the QB two. The only thing that's going to change that is injury or some sort of totally unforeseen off field issue, which is not happening. So no, that's stupid. Jaron Hall is the QB three. Uh, Mullins is the QB two, and of course Cousins. And the Vikings are very happy with that, and the fans should be as well. Yeah, good. Well, I I uh, I wanted to ask like that because I yeah I agree. I don't think it's a conversation. It's it's nice to that you can think about that being a possibility in the sense of like, right. You know, hey, you've got this QB three that drafted in the fifth round, zero expectation for him to be doing anything in this 2023 yeah. season. Uh, but agree. It, you've got Nick Mullins is, is built for, and is there for, for QB two position. Uh, but yeah, Do, overall encouraged about, about uh, a developing quarterback. Uh, Probably yep. better developing quarterback that has existed in the Minnesota Vikings uh, system since I don't know a long time. And that was going to be my final point. There was turn back the clock two three years. You got Cousins, Sean Mannion, and Kellen Mond. You got a backup who, if he goes in, we're basically toast. And we got a developmental quarterback who no one has confidence in, including the head coach. And now we go. Fast forward here now, and we still have Cousins, fine. But now you have a QB2 who you think can actually is a bit of a gamer, kind of that Case Keenum style, right? You think, okay, this dude can keep the ship afloat. Guys seem to gravitate towards him. We got a shot with Mullins in there. I don't think we're going to win the Super Bowl, but he can, you know, he can keep us going. And then you feel pretty good about Jaron Hall. So I think the overall health of the position uh, from with Quasey and O'Connell taking over is, is taking a noticeable step forward, even if there is that uncertainty with Cousins. The health of the position, I think, is in a much better spot. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Well, let's. That, that's what's happened in the past. I guess maybe to wrap up that, and maybe transitioning a little bit to what's to come. Uh, we did see the Vikings uh, yesterday make their first set of of a few releases uh, yep. and made a trade. Uh, traded their twenty twenty two sixth round pick uh, low to the Patriots for yeah a future sixth round pick. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Again, I think we've talked about the Vikings making trades, and I think often the idea has been, the hope has been to bring in someone. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, what are your thoughts? Like, does what happened last night signal anything for you moving forward? Or, like, again, what are the Vikings doing? Because it seems like, depending yeah. on who you asked, Lowe has probably got a spot on this roster, although maybe, maybe not, definitely in a depth role. Uh, yep. to get something for him seems like a nice addition but mm-hmm. I guess what, what's your sense in terms of what the Vikings 
are are doing here with with this trade and, and maybe what what's to come yeah so my best sense would be that the fact that they traded him suggests that he wasn't going to be on the team and so you recoup value rather than cut him and risk losing him for nothing it would be my best sense um i think a lot of folks looked at vidarian lowe's play during the preseason and think to themselves you know he could be the ot3 or ot4 i think the vikings are looking at it and what i have to assume one i, I think there's still some upside with Oli Udo. uh he's got the perfect build like if you could construct an offensive tackle he's got the perfect build. he's got great length moves pretty well he's got some starting experience both inside and outside uh, i do think there's still some hope for Oli Udo, right and then Blake Brendel, who can literally play for the five positions on the O-line. Who knows? Maybe he can even snap. I don't know. Like, coming out of college, the scouting profile for Brendel was that he's a not a great athlete, doesn't have amazing power, but really technically sound. And so you get this guy who apparently works hard, apparently puts, you know, a ton of effort into the fine details of playing O-line. And now they can move. Like, he's played at left tackle. He's played guard. Now, Frick, a couple years ago, when the old regime is still in town, he was the jumbo tight end. He came in and took however many dozens of snaps as this, basically like a sixth offensive lineman or as a tight end. And he even ran a couple of routes. And now he didn't catch balls, but he was basically just like setting a pick and, you know, this kind of thing. But he's very versatile. Teams love that kind of guy. And so if you say this one person, this one player could sub in one, two, three, four, and maybe even five if you think we want a jumbo tight end package, uh, that to me says, okay, Brandell and, and Udo are on this team. And we feel really good about, especially Brandell, what he can do, the kind of the depth and versatility he offers. And so Vidarian Lowe just might not have a spot. And with that being the reality, you recoup that value. That kicks their trades, or sorry, that's the trade totals up to number 16 now for Quasi. And the draft capital is up to eight picks for the upcoming season. So that's pretty good, uh, given kind of all that's gone on. Um, I'd be surprised if he was done here in terms of trading. I would, I would be, I'm personally looking for one or two more because in late August last year, he pulled off four deals. He brought in three players and traded one. He traded Jesse Davis, who was an offensive lineman, traded him to Pittsburgh, and then brought in uh, a D tackle, a wide receiver, and a quarterback Mullins, Rager, and Blacklock. And so, you know, I, I, I basically just kind of going off past history. And this reality that at every significant trade period in the NFL calendar, you have the NFL trade deadline, you have the NFL draft, and you have roster cuts. Those are kind of the three periods when trades happen. A lot of trades happen. And in every single instance, Kwesi's gotten in on the fun. In each draft, he's done it. At the trade deadline, he did Hawkinson. Last year during cutdowns, he got in on four. Now at this roster cutdowns, he's got in on one. So basically, at every time when trading happens in the NFL, this dude does not stay on the sidelines. He get, he joins the fun. Uh, and we know definitively because we can actually document it and see it. And so that doesn't mean he's compelled to do anything. But uh, the man likes to trade. He, he, he likes to trade, likes to wheel and deal. Uh, he's clearly keeping an eye on what's going on around the NFL. And uh, so I'm excited uh, in the sense that, like, I don't want to lose sight of the fact that when you trade someone, uh, you know, you're asking that person to uproot their entire life and so on and so forth. But hopefully for a young fellow like Vidarian Lowe, that means a fresh opportunity, maybe a chance of more playing time. Uh, uh, 
think he grew up cheering for the Patriots, if I'm not mistaken. So hopefully this is just a positive thing for a young man and something that we can kind of work well all around. And and basically for Vikings fans, I think it's exciting to see the wheeling and dealing and kind of speculate what might come next. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I think it's exciting. I, I, I feel a little bad to have lost him, but uh, to me that means Udo and, and Brendel are on this team. Right. So they, they you've got again, where there maybe was a decision to be made in it, like, it sounds like from your perspective, it feels like the Vikings were in a spot where this wasn't someone uh, that, again, if, if they're trading him, they're moving on from from him and, and can have other options of the position. Uh, Probably. Do you, do you have a sense as to, because again, I think there's definitely speculation as to what position to address. Uh, like, do you have a front runner position for if they are going to add where that is uh and right and do you have anything even beyond that like a name or a situation you're you're looking out for or or what's your i guess again you get a sense that probably not done here yeah what, what i would i would think move? if you well maybe i can even say this if if you're in charge what's the move interior line yeah it feels yeah, pretty it's, clear it's, it's right is that goodness, yeah, it's, that has to be it, right? Um, I mean, that's kind of where you have maybe the greatest concern in terms of their performance. Uh, you look at tight end, you look at receiver, you look at quarterback, offensive tackle. Um, did I say tight end? Basically, look at every other position on the offense, and you have decent reason for optimism. Even running back, where you maybe have a little uncertainty. You know, Alexander Bastin's a pretty good running back. I don't think he's going to be a top 10. But he's a, he's a starting level running back, I think, and I think there's maybe it's possible they could do something there to shore up the depth um, at RB. But man, friggin' interior O line, that's where I'd kind of start to look if they really wanted to kind of beef up one position of the offense. Defense, they could basically use help everywhere, right? Kind of thing, right. So, but I I I think they're with how I'm reading it. Uh, you know, the, all this talk about the Vikings and a rebuild. I mean, the Vikings are rebuilding their defense, right? Like they're intentionally not being as good as they can be. You know what I mean? And they're embracing youth and some growing pains along the way. Like they're truly rebuilding the defense and trusting that the offense is going to be good enough, especially if they're going to be good enough, still be competitive. That's the, that's, at this point, that's the competitive rebuild. You know, we got two competitive units, one rebuilding unit, and we hope that that rebuilding unit looks better in December. 2023 than it did in September 2023. So and 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 just this full on youth, you know, pretty much. So I I won't be surprised if they add a defender, but I I would look, you know, guard. I, I think they like Garrett Bradbury, and they just resigned him to that three year deal. I don't think Bradbury is going anywhere. It's not a matter of who's going to play center. It's maybe a matter of how can we beef up the competition at the guard spots. Right. Well, and I guess that's the thing is that I feel like if you're going to say, you know, what's the one position, it is the interior offensive line. It has to be. It has to be, right? If, if, if you look at it. upright. Right. If, and if you keep, but if you look at it, what's the strength of this team, offense or defense? Uh, it's easily offense. offense. And so yeah, I guess course. that's the question is like, do they do something for the defense to make themselves a little bit better, whether it's bringing some yeah. kind of veteran help to help out with uh, right. a younger younger defense uh or is it you know at that position needed and i think i think if it comes down to you and i and i think 
the majority of Vikings fans, it feels like it's that uh, probably someone to step in a guard. Uh, yeah. But if you're going to look at, you know, at where is uh, where is the more uh, the greater need, if you're going to look at kind of offense versus defense, it definitely feels like uh, defense. So I guess the option is to uh, why not both? You know, and look, that's that could be the case. You know, Quasi's got eight picks in this next draft. And the subsequent drafts afterwards, he's got seven and seven, right? So the man has cap space and he has draft picks and he has a roster that could use improvement at various spots. And critically, he has a, a history of, of being willing to make deals. So you put all the pieces together. He's He's got the ammunition and the cap space to add talent. He's got a roster that they're they're looking to compete. You can disagree whether they will compete, but there's no debating the Vikings are looking to compete. They think they have a team that can, can get into the playoffs and make some noise when they're there. You can disagree, but that's how they feel. And so you kind of put all these pieces together, you connect all the dots, and they're kind of in a nice spot to pull off a deal or two, right? So no guarantee. Quasi doesn't give a damn what Sam thinks, what I think, but... It, it just wouldn't be shocking if they if they bring in a player or two. Right. And so you mentioned those eight picks. You got first their own first, their own second, their own fourth, their own sixth. Uh, and they've got an additional fourth, two fifths from uh from uh, KC and from from Cleveland, and they've got another yeah. six. So so one, six two, now. two fours, two fives, two sixes. Um, and where are you getting that, Sam? Twitter. Oh, come on. Go no, to get out of here. No, is, I say that in jest. Kyle is, does have an article over uh, at purpleptsd.com. Yeah. Uh, the drastic war chest. Yeah. Check yeah. it out. Section 121. It's good evergreen content. Good reference stuff. Go look up Quasi's uh, draft pick war chest or the Vikings draft pick war chest. Excuse me. And yeah, eight picks. Check it out. A lot of work went into that, Sam Frago. Um, let, let's maybe we'll, we'll wrap up shortly here. Any last thoughts? I guess, again, know that there is some significant cuts. So my understanding, yeah. at least at time of recording, I've got 87 players need to get down to 53. So, uh, quick math. That's 24, uh, th- 34. <laughs> 24 is wrong. 20, 24 is definitely wrong. Yeah. I was like that sounds not right. Yeah, uh, yeah. I pride myself on my my math. Uh, 34, yeah. 34 players uh, will unfortunately be cut again. That doesn't mean that at the end there is practice squad. Uh, any uh, it doesn't have to necessarily be a hot take, but any like thoughts around that? Whether it is you know what maybe the the Vikings because of preseason play do something a little abnormal like go four tight ends. Uh, any well, thoughts from you in terms of like, hey, you know what? Because of what's happened in the past, maybe this changes a little bit about uh, what a team would do from a, a typical strategy, or or any thoughts of like, hey, you know what? This player really has made it hard for, for them to. Yeah. I know we've talked about Thompson. Uh, yeah, man, that that feels like um, maybe a bit of a not. It's, it's definitely not a lock, but it's it is something that we've we've yeah. established as feels like it makes a lot of sense, especially from the special teams perspective. Any other thoughts from you in terms of what the Vikings do do here? Well, Sam, I'm glad you brought it up. We need to coordinate this. So I have a 53-man roster projection 
This is a predictive, not a prescriptive piece. I'm simply trying to predict what the Vikings will do. It's already wrong because I had Darian Lowe making the team. So clearly that didn't happen. Uh, very hard to predict trades, obviously. Uh, I do have them keeping four tight ends. I think Nick Muse makes it as alongside Johnny Munt. And I have them only keeping five receivers. Um, I think Luigi Villan makes it over Andre Carter. I think Andre Carter goes to the practice squad. If nobody else scoops him up. Uh, this is largely influenced from Josh Fry, who had a nice piece where he looked into uh, how Brian Flores constructed his defenses back with the Dolphins. And in Flores' final year with the Dolphins, he only kept two off-ball linebackers. And he kept like, frig, like 12 or 13 DBs or something like that. It was something like, almost to the point of being like ridiculous. He kept so many defensive backs and so few off-ball linebackers. And so I've got the Vikings only keeping Hicks, Asamoah, and Pace. Um, and that's largely, that's that's a Fry find. And so I'll, I'll give the credit over to Josh Fry, who's the managing editor of Purple PTSD, and uh, and then keeping 11 defensive backs, 6 DBs, uh, Thompson being the 6th corner, uh, 6 corners, and then 5 safeties. Because uh, you're going to see guys like Metellus and Smith, in particular Harrison Smith, Josh Metellus, kind of playing kind of weird linebacker-ish roles. Because they're going to move all over the place, right? So they're going to be in a linebacker alignment at various points. Uh, we're going to get a three-safety look, I think, with some regularity. And then, you know, obviously, and then Bynum and Seam and Jay Ward in the mix as well. So that kind of rounds out those five safeties. But you can check out the full take. It's already wrong. Um, I was thinking about Sam. Do you have a sense of... So you, you make 53 guesses on a 53-man roster projection. I would think getting at least 40 right is kind of the Mendoza. It's kind of like, if you start getting down into the 30s, you had a poor projection. You should be at 40 or above. And if you get 50 or above, I think you really did an excellent, excellent job. Yeah, I think uh, I think at least 40. I would probably put it at about like 43 uh, yeah, like I think that I think you can realistically argue that again uh, below that. Once you get below that, uh, you um, maybe should rethink doing uh, these <laughs> lists. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get 39 now or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> gonna be horrible. I would, like personally, again, uh, as someone who has not put their reputation on the line and, and put anything out, uh, I right, do th- right. I think that low yeah. 40s, like a 42, 43, is as a good line i think as you move into the high 40s if you're getting that many right um, yeah you've you've got some credibility uh yeah. again you're um you started off a little bit on your back foot here but there's not there's, <laughs> you, can't, you can't do a whole lot about trades and and yeah again i don't think you were it's not like um you weren't alone in uh predicting that no movement. no and i i did have them as my ot5 i did have them below udo and below brando so if there was going to be, I mean, and and then the three, there's been three Vikings who have been cut, um, and none of them have made, or none of them were part of my 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 um, projection. So Tanner Vallejo, the linebacker, Jared Williams, the offensive tackle, and who was the third? Wilson Huber, linebacker as well. So I I didn't have any of those guys making the team, and so so far, um, the cuts have been accurate. I couldn't predict the trade, didn't predict that. Um, and so we'll see. Right now, the best I can do is 52 out of 53. Yeah. Well, uh, the excuses have started. Um, <laughs> exactly. No. Exactly. So, so yeah, again, we'll, 
as when we record next, we will uh, definitely have a much clearer picture as to uh, what has gone on and uh, whether it are, we know there's going to be cuts, don't know whether there's going to be trades. Uh, so there's definitely news to come. And uh, do, you have a, what, do you have a tracker in terms of how many days we have until uh, Vikings kickoff? What's the what's the number? Dude, right it's, it's less than two weeks, man. It's not this upcoming Sunday, but the Sunday after. So it's 13 days. It's exciting. It's really exciting. And it's kind of, in the one hand, it kind of feels a little anticlimactic, doesn't it? Because we're getting through preseason, doing these cuts, and then you got to sit around for like 12, 13 days. So, but it's, it, I guess it's good for the team. Uh, maybe, maybe these guys can take a few days for themselves. It, it must be a stressful, difficult day, even for the guys who make it. Just saying goodbye to some of your friends. Uh, and then you kind of regroup and full steam ahead. Regular season's coming. And, and it's uh, the Buccaneers. Yeah. Baker yeah. Mayfield. Sam's favorite player is Baker Mayfield. I, so, I do enjoy myself he actually he actually does really like i i as someone who is very um calculated and very uh lacks boldness maybe i'll say in in uh in terms of um running my mouth uh yeah i i like myself a quarterback who uh, puts themselves out there and and baker mayfield definitely fits in there and again i want i want people to succeed i like quarterbacks and so uh i'm not that i'm not cheering for him against the the vikings uh but as you said sunday september 10th 1 p.m uh eastern uh that's what we're working with here we will have uh vikings kickoff and so again i think as we we talked about it when the schedule dropped uh vikings if they are going to have success this year they do definitely need to hit the ground running uh yeah especially because you got week two against the eagles um and a quick turnaround uh yep and then and then you got the charger so it's uh they do need to um take their opportunities when they get them but Mm -hmm. uh we'll wrap up there again we'll uh we'll be back next week and can talk a little bit about uh what the picture is now with with all these cuts and we can see Mm -hmm. uh cal success rate and we'll just break that down for (laughs) oh man yeah i'm nervous now i wasn't before but i am now yeah, we uh, we uh, now that we've we've put success on uh, on a scale, it's uh, the, the pressure's yeah, on. Yeah, man. But it is. Thanks everyone for listening. Take care. We hope you have a great week, and uh, we'll be back next Monday. Uh, thanks again for listening. Be sure to check out coverage purpleptsd.com, vikingsterritory.com. See you later. Bye.